Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Hey, faithful listeners, this is Jen, your host with the P40 Ministries podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. And let's just go ahead and jump right into the Bible. We are going to be talking about Exodus chapter 5, verses 10 through 23. We are going to finish out this particular chapter of Exodus and move on, hopefully, in the next couple days to Exodus chapter 6. So let's go ahead and read this. I will be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning. The taskmasters of the people went out with their officers, and they spoke to the people, saying, This is what Pharaoh says, I will not give you straw. Go yourselves, get straw where you can find it, for nothing of your work shall be diminished. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble for straw. The taskmasters were urgent, saying, Fulfill your work quota daily, as when there was straw. The officers of the children of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and were asked, Why haven't you fulfilled your quota, both yesterday and today, in making brick as before? Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried to Pharaoh, saying, Why do you deal this way with your servants? No straw is given to your servants, and they tell us, Make brick, and behold, your servants are beaten, but the fault is in your own people. But Pharaoh said, You are idle, you are idle. Therefore you say, Let's go and sacrifice to Yahweh. Go therefore now and work, for no straw shall be given to you, yet you shall deliver the same number of bricks." The officers of the children of Israel saw that they were in trouble when it was said, You shall not diminish anything from your daily quota of bricks. They met Moses and Aaron, who stood along the way. As they came out from Pharaoh, they said to them, May Yahweh look at you and judge, because you have made us a stench to be a board in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants to put a sword in their hand to kill us. Moses returned to Yahweh and said, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Why is it that you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people. You have not rescued your people at all. It's chapters like this that just remind me how human these people really were. You know, these weren't just characters that somebody made up, but these were real people with real emotions, as you can see from Moses' prayer here at the end. The other thing I think is interesting about this chapter is just not only how human it is, but also how realistic it is. If this was just a storyteller, I kind of like to go into this a little bit. If this was just a storyteller, you know, making up this entire chapter of the Bible, and they wanted to say that God, you know, rescued the people out of Egypt, why would they, why would they write this chapter about how things got worse? Why would they do that? No storyteller would really do that. Maybe some would, but for the most part, I think most people would try to tell the story in such a way that God just immediately brought the people out of their troubles and issues and saved them and the evil king was destroyed and all this stuff. In my opinion, and from the multiple stories I've read, most of the time that is how stories go. But this one doesn't really go like that. When Moses and Aaron go to speak to this Pharaoh, 
He was unreceptive, completely unreceptive, and was unwilling to help the the people of Israel. So it says here in verse 10 that the taskmasters or the slave drivers, the Egyptian slave drivers of the people went out and they spoke to all the Israelite slaves. And they said, this is what Pharaoh says, I will not give you straw any longer because the Israelites were forced to make all of these bricks. That was their main job was to make bricks and to build the Egyptian nation. So these bricks had to be made and bricks at that time period were made out of straw because straw would bind all the ingredients together pretty much and make a nice brick. The ones that didn't have straw would crumble a lot easier. So straw kind of bonded everything together. And now all of a sudden straw is not being supplied to the people to the slaves. And so it says that the slaves had to go out and try to find their own straw. And this was causing them to not work as proficiently because you have to go out and and gather tons and tons of straw from the fields and stuff like that and still make their typical daily quota of bricks for that day, whatever that might be. And so the people were struggling to find this straw out in the fields because I don't, I'm not exactly sure uh, how straw is is made. I think you have to dry it, right? It's, I'm sorry, I'm not a farmer. And for those of you who are, please forgive me for my lack of knowledge of this. And sometimes I, I just amaze myself at how unprepared I am <laughs> when I start doing these podcast episodes. I like read through the Bible and I'm like, okay, I got it. And then all of a sudden there's something I should have researched or something like that when I start podcasting. So I didn't research how you make straw. I don't think it's something you just find out of the fields, right? I think it has to be dried and stuff like that. I might be completely wrong about that. But if that is how you make straw, I can imagine it was very hard for the Israelite people to go out and find their straw so that they can make bricks because it has to be, I'm going to guess, a certain type of grass? I I don't know. So anyway, sorry about that. Uh, So they had to go out and try to find their straw, but this was really holding them back. They couldn't find all this straw to make their daily quota, especially if if this could also be possible, especially if the Egyptians were not only providing the straw, but holding it back from the Israelite people and keeping that straw for themselves. It might have been very, very difficult for the people to go out into the wilderness and stuff like that to find their own straw, especially if it's a desertous region. I don't know exactly, but it says that they were trying to find stubble for straw in verse 12 here. And it says that the people scattered throughout all the land of Egypt to gather the straw. They were looking for it everywhere and they weren't meeting their daily quota and we don't know how long this went on for it could have been a couple days it could have been weeks even that this was happening to these poor Israelite people and they the taskmasters were not uh, being friendly or kind or anything like that they were being urgent they were saying fulfill your daily work quota just as when there was straw out there and so it says here that all of a sudden the children of Israel are getting beaten because they were not fulfilling their daily quota because they didn't have all of the ingredients to fulfill their daily quota. They were getting beaten. And then the taskmasters were saying to them, why haven't you fulfilled your quota? And then they'd get beaten. And and who knows how badly they were getting beaten. But whatever was happening here, it was not a good thing because the people became just absolutely frantic, the Israelites. And so they go to Pharaoh crying to him and they're like why are you treating your servants this way please don't treat your servants this way 
we are unable to make the brick like we were before because we don't have the straw. And so please don't beat us anymore. Please provide us with the straw and everything like that. And so Pharaoh says, you are just lazy people. You are all lazy is what he says to them. You are lazy. You are lazy is what he says in verse 17. And he says, and he starts mocking them. And he's like, let's go and sacrifice to Yahweh is what you guys want, basically. So he's mocking them and he's insulting them and he's calling them lazy and he's beating them. This Pharaoh was just a piece of work. This Pharaoh was a jerk. Like no wonder God sent these plagues. I mean, this guy was just a jerk. And so it says here, the Pharaoh said to the people, get back to work. No straw is going to be given to you and you will deliver the same number of bricks as you were before. This guy was just a jerk. Like man. And so it says here in verse 19 that the officers of the children of Israel, so the officers were probably the people who were not exactly taskmasters, but were in charge of a certain number of Israelite slaves or something like that. And they were probably much kinder because after they leave wherever Pharaoh was, it says here that Aaron and Moses were waiting outside to see what would happen with these officers that went in and talked to Pharaoh. So the officers come outside, they see Moses and Aaron kind of chilling there, and they're just like, May Yahweh look at you and judge because you have made us a stench to be aboard in the eyes of Pharaoh. And that's all super old English. Basically, the people are saying like, you guys kind of ruined our lives. You made us absolutely sickening to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians and everything. And it's all because of you guys. We have to work this hard and we're sick of you. And may God judge you is what they say. Now, the interesting thing about that is it was... God that had told Moses and Aaron to go talk to Pharaoh in the first place. God had told Moses and Aaron or Moses that Pharaoh was not going to listen because God knew Pharaoh's heart from the beginning. God knew what kind of a person Pharaoh was. He probably saw Pharaoh mistreating people all the time and stuff like that. So God knew who this Pharaoh was and everything about him. He knew that Pharaoh was not going to listen to Moses. He knew that this Pharaoh was super arrogant, believed himself to be a God and everything like that. And so God was the one who had told Moses and Aaron to go and talk to that Pharaoh in the first place. And you know, the people of Israel here are almost saying like Moses and Aaron did something against God by going and talking to that Pharaoh because they believed that God was just going to free them from their burdens as quickly as possible. And that Moses and Aaron had done something wrong and something against God. So they're like, God is going to judge you for what you've done to us. So after Moses hears what the Israelites are saying to him, he goes and talks to Yahweh and he says, why have you brought trouble on these people? Why have you sent me? So he's asking the same questions he was before when he was on Mount Horeb with the Lord the first time when the burning bush was there. He's asking the same questions. Why are you sending me, God? What What are you doing? Like, you told me you were going to free the people. You aren't freeing them. You're not rescuing them. And he says here at the very end, you have not rescued your people at all. What a human prayer to pray to God. I mean, how many times have we prayed questions like that? Like, God, why are you doing this in our lives? Like, why do we have to go through this or this or this or this? What are you doing? Like, why are you doing this to us? We pray these kinds of prayers. And, and Moses was no exception to the rule. He's praying to God. God, why are you doing this? Why did you send me? Why would you do these to, this this? this thing to your people. You know, you're supposed to rescue your people. You said you would rescue them. You're not rescuing your people at all. You're making the work harder for them and, and everything like that. So Moses is praying just this very heartfelt, very human prayer to God, asking God what is happening. And that is where this chapter ends. What an interesting 
way to end this chapter without, you know, knowing how God responds or anything like that, but just hearing Moses's prayer of doubt and everything like that. You know, we often think that God, because he's God and he can do everything, he's just going to give us the easiest path forward and that we're not going to have any trouble. We have a lot of tendency to believe that. And I know I, I often believe that as well. And then I'm super surprised when a trial comes my way and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> so we have a tendency to believe that, but that's not always how God works because he can see the full entire picture. We can only see the little itty bitty part that is directly in front of us, but God sees the entire picture. So he knows the best way for us to move forward. And sometimes that is through adversity, unfortunately. And so he knew that with this particular part. He was giving Pharaoh a chance here, a chance to turn away from his hard heart and actually listen. He gave him two chances before God ends up basically letting Pharaoh do whatever he wants, hardening Pharaoh's heart. He gave Pharaoh the chance to listen, and Pharaoh did not listen, and that was what was happening here. He knew that the Israelites needed this in some way this adversity so that maybe they wanted to get out of Egypt more. And I don't know, but whatever it was, God knew exactly what he was doing here. And he often works that way because he can see the entire picture. He saw every single individual person in that entire nation, all the Egyptians, Pharaoh, Moses, Aaron, and all the Israelites. He saw them all and he knew all the, the pain and sorrow that they were going through, but that was the best way to move forward in God's plan. And we have to remember that in our own lives as well, because like I said, we don't like to think that maybe we might have to go through adversity. And sometimes God allows that adversity for a specific reason. We don't like to think that, but that is in fact sometimes the best way for us to move forward. I mean, even think about it with the life of Joseph. We just talked about Joseph. I mean, God allowed Joseph to go through slavery and to go through being thrown into a pit and betrayal and being thrown into prison and all that terrible stuff so that Joseph could be in the end a ruler of the nation of Egypt. Sometimes God allows adversity for our own good. Well, friends and faithful listeners, this is the end of Exodus chapter 5 here, and we're going to be discussing Exodus chapter 6 on Monday. So join me then at 6 a.m. or later. You don't have to get up at 6 a.m., but that is when I air the podcast episode. I had a couple people ask me recently, they're like, so do we have to get up at 6 a.m. to listen to the podcast? And I'm like, absolutely not. You can get up at 3 in the afternoon if you want. <laughs> That's just when I air the podcast episode, just to let you guys know. It's not required for you to get up at 6 a.m. to listen to it, but it is for the people who commute to work. I like to uh, air it a little bit earlier for some of the people who have to be at work at 7 or 8 in the morning and enjoy a morning podcast on their way to work or something like that. But anyway, friends and faithful listeners, I will have my blog post up tomorrow morning. And I don't know if my emails are going out anymore on my website. It's always something. Something always is breaking. But it seems to me like um, I haven't 
been getting notified when there's a blog post that uh, goes up on the website and it seems like some other people I know as well are not getting notified but usually every Saturday morning at 6 30 I have a blog post up on the P40 Ministries website so I will drop a link to that now so that tomorrow morning you can go ahead and navigate over to the blog and read the blog post that I have there but friends and faithful listeners happy Friday and I hope you have a wonderful wonderful weekend happy listening and God bless.